Welcome to From Stuck to Growth, the podcast that takes you from the state of stuck to moving at the speed of growth. Here's your host, whose hard-won lessons led to these conversations today, personal growth geek, mentor, Glenn Leifert. Welcome to From Stuck to Growth, and please welcome our guest, Kevin from Small Step Finance. Welcome, Kevin. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. I got introduced to you through Instagram, and I wanted to kind of follow up on that. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. So my name is Kevin, and I am the CEO and founder of Small Step Finance. We are an organization that focuses on uh, providing greater intelligence to individuals who are looking to build their wealth one small step at a time. We started out as a a channel just on Instagram, as a platform to be able to share just small snippets of information that could be easily digestible by individuals so that they could understand the small steps that they can take to help build their wealth. And from there, we grew to a number of different platforms. And now we have a course and community that we also have launched uh, to help people learn more about budgeting, investing, saving money, and learning about all sorts of different topics focused on building their wealth. That's fantastic. I love the fact that you've continued to grow and go into those areas that are so important for people to understand. I remember that when you first start getting that budget under control, how amazing that starts to feel. And hopefully, uh, audience uh, has started to learn that as well. Absolutely. Having your budget under control is really just one of the key elements to get started when you're thinking about investing or trying to get your money uh, locked up and and ready to go. And having a budget in place is something that's critical. It doesn't have to be something that's super uh, constricting for people. It can be something that allows for you to, to use as a path and a direction. And it's an opportunity for you to kind of really reflect on how does how does your spending habits uh, really align with your values and what you find important. Why did you choose the finance space that way? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I I have a full-time job that I I do from nine to five. I also have two kids that I raise and a family. Um, And I, I have sort of this interest and passion in educating individuals about money and finances and budgeting and saving money because when I grew up when I was younger, you know, money really was taboo. It was something that was not normal to talk about. It was not something that you asked your parents about. It was not something that really was taught in my education growing up. And it was something that by the time I became 18 years old and was launched into becoming an adult, I had no idea what I was doing. And I eventually made a number of large, you know, bigger financial missteps at the time, you know, taking on credit card debt, taking on large amounts of student loans, you know, kind of just spending my money freely on on what I wanted to do because I didn't know any better and not really understanding the point or value of having a budget or having really any priorities on how you wanted to build wealth. And as I was looking at my own financial situation, I didn't really have anyone that I could lean on that could answer my questions. And so as I was becoming, you know, in this position to go through college and then into professional world, I realized I was staring at a 401k packet and being told you should invest and you should put money into your 401k. But I had absolutely no idea what I should be spending my money on. I had no idea where I should be directing the money towards. I didn't know how much was a, a good marker for me to invest. And at the end of the day, I was just kind of blindly working my 
my way through setting up my investment account. And it wasn't until a few years later when I really was sitting down and thinking about my own financial situation, realizing that I had this credit card debt, that I was barely making ends meet, that I was struggling to get through my bills and really being able to prioritize what I wanted to do in life and thinking about my big goals that I had in life, not actually achieving them because of financial constraints, I realized I needed to sit down and really learn how to budget, how to save. I needed to learn how to invest. And I needed to do all of that for myself because no one else was going to show up and do it for me. And by doing that and acknowledging that, I was able to recognize that most of those systems that teach you how to you know, invest or teach you how to build wealth are really aimed towards people who are you know, high net worth individuals. And it's not really targeted towards mid and low net, net worth individuals. And I felt like looking at social media as a platform to basically you know, say that you can learn about investing, you can learn about budgeting and saving money just with small tips every single day uh, is something that I could do to take the lessons learned that I had I had, I had experience over the years and shared it with everybody else. And when I started Small Step Finance, you know, I had no idea where it was going to go. I had no idea if, it, if anyone was even going to be interested in the topics or if it was going to resonate with anybody. And at the end of the day, you know, that platform has has significantly grown over time. And, and like I said earlier, you know, we've grown to different platforms to try to reach more audiences. We've also thought about different strategies about how we communicate and how we share information, you know, all the way down to the, the small little steps to thinking about big picture issues and big picture things that are impacting your wealth and, and thinking about how you can build that momentum as you start to get more income and you start to have additional wealth. So it's really kind of thinking about sort of the whole life cycle of an individual from someone who's struggling and who has tons of debt and doesn't know where to go. They don't know how much money they should be allocating towards, you know, paying off credit cards or paying off loans, you know, to people who might be, you know, mid-career who have 401ks but don't really know what they're investing in. They don't really know if it's worthwhile for them to be investing in um, the the assets that they're, that they're building. And then all the way to the end of the spectrum, people who are getting closer to retirement, Maybe they haven't been putting enough money into their retirement accounts and now they're panicking or maybe they're just starting to enter retirement and they're saying, OK, I have children and I have grandchildren, but like, how do I make sure that there's money around for them and me and thinking about generational wealth? So the platform that we've built has really tried to think about, you know, how do we service a number of different people across the spectrum and how do we provide value in really small tidbits of information and lessons learned that I wish I knew back when I was 18 years old instead of, you know, where I'm at today being 33. And if I had known that information as 18, there's tons of mistakes that just would never have happened for me because I would have been informed and I would have known where to go. The fact that you're kind of that mentor for for those new folks in the almost shared mission that we have being, you know, moving people from stuck to growth. Yeah, I think really getting people out of that financial stuck is real pillar to to what you've been working on. Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people are in that position where they feel like they're stuck. They feel like I'm literally just paying my bills and I don't know how I can get out of that rut. And they feel like there's not a next step that they can take. And I think that's where, you know, my point of view comes in to say, look, if you sit down and you spend the time, you know, you don't have to spend 10 hours. It can be 15 mm -hmm. minutes a week or 15 minutes every other week to just sit down and really think about how are you allocating your money? 
How are you thinking about your income sources? And really think about what are those small things that you can do that can take you from point A to point B. And at the end of the day, when you're 5, 10, 15 years out, you're going to look back and you're going to say, I'm so thankful that I took those small steps at the beginning because look where I am now. It's that small incremental steps and uh, is so hard for people to do, whether that be finance or getting fit or so many different areas of life. Right. And uh, I was just thinking about Absolutely. how when you first start getting started and uh, you're just starting to do this and you've had that triggering moment, like you talked about, all those things you would if you would have known. Right. And uh, how did it feel to, to really get started on this? Did it feel similar to like that first time you do a budget? Is it was it that type of intimidation or was was how did you feel about that you know kicking off phase? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, at the beginning, I think it was one where there was just a lot of feelings of uncertainty. There was a lot of unknown. You know, I was thinking about how do I start a business, but not want to bring a ton of dollars to the table. And leveraging the social media platform made it so that I could start the business with literally zero dollars. But I was coming into the equation really uncertain whether there was anyone out there who would be interested in the content that I was creating or interested in kind of thinking about, you know, their own money and their wealth strategies um, in a way that I was presenting that information and coming from somebody who has a nine to five that's not in the finance world. Um, you know, I, I spend my days, you know, staring at a lot of financial documents in my nine to five job. Um, and I have managed, you know, millions of dollars as part of my job within the corporate world. But when I come into the equation and I, I'm someone who has sort of this outside perspective, who's not been in the financial industry for 20, 30 years and I'm talking to a whole new group of audiences who really have never been targeted before from a financial education perspective, you know, it starts to open up all these doors. And, and I realized, you know, after the momentum began and, and people started really looking at my content and realizing, like, I'm showing up every day, sharing new tidbits to people, having them think about their own life, thinking about some of the challenges that they may be facing, thinking about, you know, how they can build their own wealth, you know, these small steps at a time. And people started reaching back out to me and saying, you know, hey, this is super helpful for me to kind of think about my own life or think about my own strategies. And, you know, this is something that I can do and this is something I can accomplish. And it is absolutely wonderful. You know, I've been running this business now since the end of 2019. And I have people who've come back to me, you know, a year or two later and have come back to me and said, look, because of your your tips and your guidance, I've been able to do X, Y, and Z. And I would not have done that. And I would not have had the uh, the effort put into it had I not seen your page and had not learned about these small steps that I can take today in order to put myself into a better financial position in, in two, three years. And that's really what this yeah. is all about. No, I can I can see that. And as you look at feeling the getting through that intimidation factor of getting started and moving through that, and now you're helping people get through that intimidation factor with with finance. I mean, I think you hit such a broad audience. I think that's one of the things that you know attracted me to the information you're posting is like there are many areas like yeah, I've seen that before. I know that. I know that. Then all of a sudden you'd go in a whole different tangent, and I'm mean, like, oh, well, I hadn't really thought about that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that's. A, Great aspect as well. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, from a, an audience perspective, I think that there are, you know, people who come to me who have literal, literal zero experience understanding money or finances. You know, they were in the same position where their parents didn't teach them anything. Their education taught them nothing. You know, maybe they have a ton of debt and they're feeling like completely overwhelmed. And then you have people who are following me who are, you know, financial professionals whose day job it is to, you know, run, you know, a million dollar fund in Charles Schwab. And they're reaching out to me saying, you know, these are great strategies. These are things that I use for my own personal life, you know, appreciate the content. And you start to see that. You know, the content, you know, not every piece is going to stick with with every single person. But the mm -hmm. hope is that if you start to look at it enough and you start to think about the bigger picture, there should be enough pieces of information in there that can help you also get to that point. Like you said, getting from that stuck point to starting to think about growth and thinking about how do you yeah. sort of kickstart your own life. And it's kind of like with anything where you have to do things, you know, regularly every single day to really start to realize that, hey, I can I can make positive financial decisions that don't have to feel constraining. Just like I can choose to run every single day or I can choose to, you know, do something intentional with my life. I can spend time doing yoga or I can spend time, you know, choosing, you know, better foods for me to eat or thinking about, you know, different aspects of your life. You want to learn a new language. It takes time to be able to get to full proficiency and it takes time to get there. And it's all about sort of kickstarting it and, and being comfortable and, and willing to start that process at the beginning. As you went through and you did this and you, and you really got started, overwhelmed, were there any techniques you used to kind of overcome that or how did, did you take those steps? Because I think that's something that the audience could really learn from in terms of not just from getting started in anything and including the, you know, the, the work on budgeting or investing and, and all of those things. Yeah, I, I think the um, kind of thinking about the getting started and, and starting to do the platform, kind of thinking about how you can even get started doing something. You know, I really just looked for other mentors in the space that could, you know, help inspire me so that I could help inspire others. I think at the end of the day, you look around you and you start to realize it's the people around you and those that you're connected to and that you're communicating with that will help inspire you to do something and to make that first step to say, yeah, you're right. I should be doing this decision and I should be doing this uh, on a regular basis. And I think that's really where, you know, I started to look at my own circle and my own community and thinking about, mm -hmm. okay, who am I following on social media, on my own personal social media channels? Who yeah. am I communicating with via my, uh, my business page? And how did I actually get started in kind of learning from them and learning about, mm -hmm. you know, what works for them and what doesn't work for them and how are they communicating and what is it that they're doing that can help me become a better communicator with others as we're trying to get from that, you know, initial stage. And I think there's definitely a lot of lessons learned that sort of I pulled through um, as building this brand, you know, trying mm -hmm. trial and error and being comfortable, you know, just testing something and saying like, yeah. this could be a complete flop and people you know, may, may not like it yeah. or they may not think it resonates with them. And if that's yeah. the case, then we'll just pivot. And it's okay for you to try and to fail. And I think that's something that people often think about is like, well, I'm too afraid to fail. And so I'm just never mm -hmm. going to do it. And you yeah. don't have to have that mentality. You, If you start yeah. to realize that like, just by trying something, 
and failing, you're going to learn what you don't want to do. Or you're going to yeah. learn what you shouldn't be doing. And that's what's going to help you kind of get to that next level. I think the whole idea behind failing isn't really failing. Failing is just pivoting um, mm-hmm. and moving moving to that next space. And that's something that's so hard for people to really grasp. I think in, if you work in the tech world or things like that, we're so used to being, quote unquote, agile in our work. But oftentimes, we're not necessarily agile in our own mindset and mm-hmm. really able to, to kind of flip that on its head. As you think about the thoughts that you have as you start chasing this down and you start you know, pivoting and, and being afraid to fail, what type of things did, did your mind go to when you that you had to get yourself out of to be able to um, help make this happen? Yes. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, your own self-doubt and your own self-negativity that you have, you know, putting up walls and barriers around, you know, what it is that you think you can do or things that you can't do. I think oftentimes, especially in, you know, the world of finance, you know, if you sit down and think about, like, who is the typical person who's communicating and teaching and educating on finance, you probably have a couple of people that you think of are the right appropriate people Mm -hmm. to be communicating about it. And I think in the space of finance education and money education and investing education with younger audiences now who are taking to, to TikTok and Instagram and to other platforms, you're starting to see that looking different and feeling different and the way that they're communicating about, you know, what are the issues and and how you should be thinking about it is really fundamentally, um, you know, different in how they're handling those types of communications. The the education and the lessons are still there, but they're, they're different on how they're delivering that message. And at the end of the day, that, that change in delivery and message is something that I think will fundamentally help people who are younger to really understand their own finances and money much better mm-hmm. than previous generations. And, you know, I think about even my parents' generation who, you know, are in their 70s and they're at a point where they're really thinking about, you know, how do we make sure our money lasts for the entire retirement time? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they don't really have a lot of awareness and understanding of how to manage their money. They were at a point where even they were coming to me saying, you know, how do you make a budget? You know, and these are people who have been around for 70 years and they they Mm -hmm. they don't know how to manage a budget and they don't know how to, you know, organize their money. And I think that's where, you know, you see many people struggling with those same types of questions. And for me to be able to to kind of get to that point to say, how do I help other people through different channels and venues? I think that's what what, what kind of helped open me up to communicating to say, like, I don't have to look like the cookie cutter communicators yeah. in finance and education. I can look different and I can act different. And, you know, some people will like the way that I communicate and some people won't. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to target every person in the the universe. That's true. That's actually a great example of something that all of us struggle with is that ability, that whole desire to please everyone, right? And yeah, I was just facing that at work the other day, and and it's like, well, the math is just not going to work. Everybody is not going to be pleased about this. Well, fifty percent of the people probably aren't going to be pleased about this, but it still has to be done. And and you still have to be able to march forward and bring yourself forward. And and I like to pivot it just a little bit. You know, we've talked about it. We haven't said your last name. You're remain anonymous as part of this small step finance. Can you talk a little bit about the challenge that, challenges you've faced as uh, you know choosing to do it that way to keep your lives, your personal life separate from from this life? Yeah, you know, originally when I launched Small Step Finance back in 2019, I had launched it, like I said, out of, you know, 
interest in, in my own personal interest to share little tips and, and tidbits of information about building wealth and wanting to share more information about, you know, what I wish I had known back when I was in my teens and 20s. And when I launched it originally, I didn't know how it was going to be received. I didn't know what type of feedback I was going to get. And, you know, social media can be a, a scary place for people who want to, you know, get out there and share their brand, their image. And at the end of the day, when I launched, I just wasn't sure what the reception would look like. You know, it also was sort of twofold in the sense that I was entering the uh, entering the social media space and still wanting to protect, you know, my privacy and recognizing that there are plenty of brands that exist out there uh, that, that don't have someone's face as the front and center piece of the brand. And I think in social media world, we often think about, you know, okay, it has to be a person who's delivering the message and it has to be a person who is communicating and sharing those tips. But when you think about the biggest brands in the world, you know, it's not just one person communicating about, you know, what's the value proposition of Apple or of, you know, some other company. It's It ends up becoming a, a much bigger story about how the, the brand itself chooses to message. And when you mm -hmm. look at companies like Apple, for example, you know, there are literally thousands of employees who are there developing what that brand image looks like, you know, both from the products and the marketing and the PR and all those people combined are telling a story of what that brand should be. And so when I launched and, and chose to be, you know, anonymous, part of it was wanting to respect sort of my, you know, personal life and wanting to respect my own choices on how I wanted to pursue my own career from a nine to five perspective. You know, I have been in the corporate world now for 10 years. I've had, you know, five promotions over those 10 years. And I have, you know, been in positions that are, you know, very public facing and me representing my own company um, in a number of different positions, both, you know, locally, state and, and federally and internationally where I am talking to you know members of Congress or I'm talking to uh, other individuals who are representing governments internationally. And so my mm -hmm. role is one where it's very public in nature and wanting to sort of respect that um, privacy between those two pieces. And I think it's something that I wanted to, to kind of preserve as well was just recognizing that like you can have both and you don't have to yeah. be the face of your brand and it doesn't have to mm -hmm. consume your entire life. And I think it's very different than many other people who are in, you know, the the finance or money space where they're, you know, they themselves are the brand. And without them, you don't have the brand. What is one of the biggest things you've had to overcome um, as you've, you've made this pivot? Is there anything specific that comes to mind as the, oh yeah, that was the big mountain I had to get over to, to help make the next level happen? Yeah, so I think, you know, kind of thinking about kind of getting from where I was initially when I when I was launching Small Step Finance to where I am now, you know, I think being anonymous and, and having that, you know, that um, line of delineation between, you know, my personal life, you know, and my corporate job and, and also my small step finance job is really kind of thinking about like, you know, what, what are some of the challenges that I'm going to face by choosing to be private and choosing to be anonymous? And, you know, there's definitely been opportunities that have presented themselves to me within small step finance that I have had to turn down because, you know, they just were not aligned because they wanted to have a person. They wanted to have a face doing the communicating and doing the, the marketing. They wanted to have, you know, someone be that brand. And at the end of the right, day, right. my brand is small step finance. It's not Kevin, no. CEO and founder, it's small mm -hmm. step finance. And so that was sort of like one of the, the big challenges that I've had to work through. And it's really, it's it really has, you know, led to a number of situations where 
I've either had to turn down, you know, offers that, that have been very lucrative or, you know, mm-hmm. vice versa, where they have said, you know, look, we, we would work with you. We would, you know, promote you. We would do X, Y, Z with you. We would love to offer you, you know, speaking engagements, et cetera. But because you're private, you know, it makes it difficult for us to be able to move forward. And and so there has been some limitations on that front. Um, but meanwhile, you know, I've been preserving my nine to five job, which is my reliable source of income. It's my health insurance. It's my retirement contributions yeah. and all of that. And I think there's some of this messaging that's out there in the money and finance space that, that says, you know, nine, nine to five jobs are bad. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. true at all. I think you can have both and you can be able to manage both. You just have to recognize that you know being a small business owner and running small step finance is going to have its perks and being a nine-to-five employee is going to have its perks go back to a a role my wife had years ago and that role had a lot of perks as part of that role and it was a reason that you know in some ways that she stayed in that role for for maybe longer than she probably wanted to to a certain extent because the perks really helped but i think that just being a a full-time role you being able to to kind of do both i think that's a great avenue for people who are especially in this economy and things like that maybe still looking for a full-time job if they're if they've been laid off or something like that but they doesn't mean they can't start something and look for a full-time job um and do those types of things as well absolutely and i think you can you know tap into um you know being able to do that and i think you know many of the people who are experiencing layoffs now or who will experience layoffs in the next couple months you know i I would challenge them to think about what are their skills and what are their capabilities and Mm -hmm. can they create something that can provide some additional financial cushion for themselves it doesn't have to be taxing it doesn't have to be time consuming Mm -hmm. of you know your nights and weekends but if there's something that you're good at and something that you can do that can provide some financial stability while you are laid off um, i think it's something that's wise for you to, to consider that multiple streams really does help absolutely so pivoting a little bit what's the most popular thing you've posted uh so i would say the most popular thing that i have posted has uh has been a scenario uh based on um you know someone's own financial situation so as as i'm doing my um you know communications through all the various platforms i do also communicate a lot of with a lot of people you know in my direct messages or people who send me emails or who reach out through the community and you know they they share you know their own personal financial situations and they share you know this is what i'm thinking about doing with my own you know struggles or my own um, priorities and oftentimes as i'm communicating with them we talk about you know what are some things they can, can consider to really kind of set themselves up for financial success and at the end of the day, they have to learn, you know, the skills, they have to learn the steps in order so that in order for them to be able to essentially do the work on their own, because I'm not going to be around every day and every week to walk them through every decision that they make. And so they need to be educated and informed on what what makes sense from a financial perspective. But my most popular um piece of content that has been shared, you know, really has centered around, you know, this one couple who uh, essentially was, um, you know, saving a large portion of their income, and they were housing a large portion of that income into a Roth 401k. And a lot of people came into the comments of that particular piece of content and said, you know, look, this is completely unrealistic for people to be investing this much into a retirement account. This is completely unrealistic for, you know, the average person, or it's completely unrealistic for 
people with children, um, you know, or arguing that Roth 401ks aren't even a real 401k. But at the end of the day, those are all people who, you know, need to sit down and ask themselves, like, what is it that they're spending their money on? And how do they prioritize their own money in a way to really think about how they could look more like that couple? And of course, right. everyone's money and finances are different. And so some of the scenarios I share may feel extreme to some people. But then you also have people in the comments who are also chiming in saying, look, I do the same or I do more. And you start to yep. realize like these concepts of people who are putting away 15, 20 percent of their income really is not that rare. And it's not something that um, can't be done. It's really around how do you think about your life and your own priorities? And at the end of the day, we're all on our own journey. So this couple that came to me, they wanted to prioritize their money. They wanted to build as big of a nest egg as possible because they wanted to retire early. Mm -hmm. So they needed more money to be able to retire earlier. And at the end of the day, they they wanted to be able to have that financial security. We don't know what interest rates are going to look like. We don't know what inflation is going to look like. And so these, these two people wanted to make sure that they buffered as much as possible into their accounts and they cut out some expenses and they cut out, you know, different things in their life that others may say was extreme or, or may feel like was inappropriate or imprudent, yeah. but this was their own personal choice. And, you know, I, I applaud them for, for wanting to do that a great example of how what the commitment it takes to be able to do anything if you're uh, me starting this podcast there was a lot of time where i hemmed and hawed and am i going to start this am i going to record this where are we going with it and you know i had to make that choice right and, and i'm going to spend the time and the effort to go through this you know with it with the budget and, and with money it's just the same thing where you've got to be able to really spend that time and really think about okay this is the choice i'm going to make I'd rather have this than that coffee at Starbucks every week or the fact that we're going to eat out six times a week or three times a week um, or go have that, you know, go out to drink every every weekend as examples. And I think people also, you know, see some of those examples that I share and they think, OK, well, these people are going from, you know, zero to 100. And in mm -hmm. some of these circumstances, I'm talking to people and I'm saying, like, look, this is going to take you a year or two to get to where you want to be because you're going to have to start to slowly change some of those habits and slowly change yeah. some of those decisions. And so, yeah. you know, for example, if you are starting a new job and you're putting, you know, 2% into your retirement account because it's all that you can do and you've cut everything else out and you're really at, you know, a point where you can only do 2%, well, if you get a raise next year, well, then why don't you boost your your contribution from two to two percent mm -hmm. to three percent or two percent yeah. to four percent and think about yeah. it through that lens of you can make those incremental small changes over time and you can still build wealth and you can still yeah. be able to be in a financial position that's yeah. benefiting you and benefiting those in your family. That's a great way of looking at it. I think if you look at the mindset of a lot of this stuff, I think right now, some you know, with the stock market the way it is and, and stuff like that, a lot of people are like, oh, it's it's so low. I'm like, you know, it's on sale. You know, absolutely. If your toilet paper was on sale, you know, look how much we've been buying toilet paper over the last couple of years. That's all on sale. You're buying it like crazy. But at the same time, we, we look at it as, oh, that's, let's steer away from it as opposed to, to really invest for the longer term. Um, yeah as part I mean, of it and I, I think it's a, a great example is, you know, you you think about just consumer behaviors, especially as we think about, you know, what's coming up with Black Friday and, and all these holidays is really kind of thinking about like 
people would be flocking to the malls and to the stores mm-hmm. if there was a 30%, 40%, 50% off, you know, sale going on. Even like, you mm-hmm. know, Best Buy, whose stock might be down 50%, if all of their TVs were 50% off, you know that there'd be a line out the door of people trying to buy TVs. But those same right. people aren't wondering, okay, should I be buying Best Buy stock? Or same right. with Apple. You know, if, if Apple was 30% off, you know, from a, a in all-in-store yeah. products, people would be flocking to those stores mm-hmm. and buying up products left and right. I think it's also a generational thing, too, to a certain extent, because, like, the more recessions you've been through, the more you understand that things go down and then the things come back. And, and there's a lot of unpredictability in the middle and chaos and, and a lot of, lot of feelings of uncertainty. Just like when you're trying to start your goals, just like when you're trying to accomplish things, just like when you're trying to do, you know, really anything that, that you know, really moves you to, into growth phase, you know, you have to face those challenges. And I feel like, you know, with the economy and everything right now, we're really facing that same thing in your investing, in your, you know, in making your budget work with all the prices going up at the grocery store, yep. you know, and, and, and so forth. We're still facing the same challenge. As we overcome them with that, we can also overcome them to find that better job to start that business to start those other things yeah absolutely i mean i you know i started at my newest job um a little over a year ago and i've been contributing to my 401k ever since then Mm -hmm. and you know i load my 401k um platform up and i look at you know what's my what's my return since i started investing and it's negative and you Mm -hmm. know if you didn't know that i was buying at all-time highs you would say oh my goodness, why am I investing in what I'm investing in? I should Mm -hmm. sell everything off. This is a terrible investment. But the reality Mm -hmm. is I know that, you know, when I started my new job, it was all-time highs and I bought at the very top and we're writing it down and eventually it will go back up when when the market recovers. And that's really what you have to be comfortable recognizing is we're not here to invest for a year. We're not here to invest for five years. We're investing for the long haul. And based Mm -hmm. on what we've seen historically, we know that these index funds have allowed for massive amounts of wealth creation. It's simple, it's easy, and it can also be one that you don't have to be stressed about it because you can literally just set up auto auto deposit and you can set up auto invest and you can set up auto dividend yeah. reinvest and you can sit back and just let it grow and yeah. at the end yeah. of the day when you get closer to retirement you can sit back and say okay i did what i needed to do and it has mm-hmm. grown to you know x amount of money and now i can start to think about you know whether or not i need to you know reorganize my portfolio or set some new priorities and yeah. you know at that point that's that's when you're going to know whether or not you invested enough money um, right. but i think at the end of the day you have to be comfortable today to be able to take mm-hmm. those small steps to start investing you have to take those small yep. steps to make sure that you've set up your accounts for success I think we also got into a habit. Things were going up so much that we always looked at it all the time, right? Right. Um, but I think one of the things I learned year, years ago was as soon as the economy goes down, make sure you remember your password. Check in periodically, but don't get paranoid and don't check it every day. Right. <laughs> because otherwise you're going to panic when, when all of a sudden the market takes a you know a dump one day and you're like, whoa, what what happened? And, and it's okay. Let it ride a little bit because the reality is is that it's the long term. And and long term is not a week. Um, Absolutely. And it's not a month and it's not a year um, as part of it. Uh, just take another pivot real quick. What are you thinking on, you know, you do a lot of different things. You got your full-time job, you got your, your family, you've got uh, small step finance. How do you manage all of those things? How do you manage all those tasks and not accidentally tripping over yourself? Yeah, I think a lot of people think about starting these things or even just managing your finances and everything else. There's a lot going on. 
how do you work towards managing that for yourself? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's all about efficiency and automation. And you built uh, you build you know strategies for yourself that allow for you to be efficient. You are able to batch you know what you're working on. You're able to set deadlines. And as I built this business and and you know incrementally added more and more and more to it on top of my nine to five, you know at the end of the day it became sort of this um, this effort to basically say like okay, as I'm adding more, as I'm adding more channels, as I'm adding more content, you know, as I'm, you know, pivoting into creating a community in a course or other services for people, as I'm responding to people in the DMs, you know, it becomes this thing where you start to realize, okay, I have to set, you know, my own strategies so that I can be successful. And, you know, you're not always successful and there always are times when you're doing better and worse based on your right. own self-prescribed, you know, strategies. But at the end of the day, those strategies have helped me increase efficiency. It's helped me be able to create more uh, consistent content. It's allowed me to grow mm-hmm. more consistently and it's allowed for me to be able to grow, you know, my own income within Small Step mm-hmm. Finance and has allowed me to be able to, you know, build a more strong brand. And the, and the brand presence really is what's important to be able yeah. to say, you know, people recognize the brand, they recognize, you know, what type of value I bring to the table and they recognize that I'm going to put out quality content. This is not just a you know, a a pump to get as much content out and, you know, maybe 50% of it's accurate and the rest of it's just to get people's, you know, likes and views. It it really is focused on how can I help you be able to think about your own financial situation. So I I would say thinking about efficiencies, thinking about how you're scheduling things and the automation really is key too. you know, all of my money that I I manage across many different investment accounts and savings Mm -hmm. and checkings accounts, credit cards, etc. Everything is set up so that it's on auto and I spend less time because I can literally just spend, you know, 15 minutes and go through all the accounts and figure out, okay, this is where there's a problem. I need to correct this problem. And by setting up those paths to basically figure out, you know, where are their red flags, you can go through and identify them and you can quickly correct them. Talk about the automation and stuff like that. I had an interesting conversation with my wife the other day, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, maybe we want to change banks and and some of the other things for ethical reasons and so forth." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's it's interesting because automation has become such key, so key to this. It a you become more sticky with that, but b it's interesting that in the end, I'm surprised the automation systems and the you know the the portals haven't become selling features." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. for these institutions in the grand scheme of things, because let's face it, if you're automating, that's what you're li- where you're living. Absolutely. And, and when you start to see a, a, a red flag pop up, you start to realize how automated life can quickly come to a, a grinding halt. You know, we right. just uh, opened up a you know credit card and didn't realize that um, any any time we make a payment on the credit card, it takes seven days for the payment to process. Well, all the other credit cards we've ever had in the past you could make a payment and it would be processed and, and it would mm-hmm. show as your account available balance within, yeah. you know, 24, 48 hours. And so we're yeah. sitting here being like, well, what's going on with our bank and what's going on with, you know, the payment is something wrong. But the reality is they have their own policy and protocol that, you know, prohibits us from being able to access capital quicker. And so, you know, things like that where you quickly have red flags that pop up and you say, okay, well, maybe this 
credit card is not the right one for us. The same right. thing happened where, you know, we have our internet service, you know, the other day we had it set up, you know, on auto pay and all of a sudden our internet went out and I called the, or I messaged the uh, internet provider and said, you know, my internet's not working. We're on auto pay. The card, the, the credit card that we have it hooked up to works fine. Like there's nothing wrong on our end. And, and they ended up telling us that um, they were having issues on their credit card processing system, which then was impacting their, um, their, their service providers, because then yeah. the service providers were basically saying, we're not getting payment. So we're going to turn off your internet. But it wasn't anything to do with us, but immediately a red flag went up. That's a great example of, of how we need to be, while we need to automate, we need to be aware, right? Absolutely. And I think, and I, and I think the, the key of, you know, even just going back to from stuck to growth, when we're, when we're stuck and we start getting making traction and we start getting these things, look at your awareness, see where you're at, help, help make sure that you're on track, check on, on things as you're, as you're going and continue to, to work towards growing as part of that. Absolutely. One other, one other last thing here. What, what's something that you know is a big challenge you've overcome as, as part of this? Is there, is there anything that was like a surprising challenge that you had to come through that just, or, or that you learned that you just never expected to come out of this? You know, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I would say that I learned is that there are a lot more people out there who need help and they need access to you know reliable trustworthy information to be able to make decisions about their own financial goals and priorities and i think like i said when i started my instagram channel with you know one follower it it became a a, a thought where i was like i don't know if there's anyone out there who's going to want to listen or this is going to resonate with them and i think it was surprising for me as this has grown how many people have seen you know my content literally every month millions of people see my content on all of my platforms combined and so you have millions of people who are reviewing it and looking at it you know they're interacting with it providing their feedback their perspectives asking questions and i think it just quickly opened up sort of this this big realization that there's there's so much need and i think right. as i look at that you know it's something where it really elevates sort of the purpose of the business you know, we are yep. providing sort of this critical service to people to be able to have them be more informed and educated. I'm not right. out there trying to manage, you know, your investment accounts. I'm not out there trying to, you know, nitpick your budget. I'm not out there trying to nitpick, you know, which savings account you choose mm -hmm. to open or don't open. But I am out there trying to help you think about how you're managing your own money so that you aren't in the financial situations that I was in 10 years yeah. ago. And I think that's really been surprising and been very comforting to know that, you know, we have literally touched millions of people over the course of the last couple of years. And we've also genuinely helped people, you know, climb out of debt. We've helped people, you know, buy their first income producing duplex. We've helped people, you know, pay off all their student, all their student loans. We've helped people people, you know, be able to create, you know, their investment account and be able to set up, you know, automatic yeah. investments. We've been able to, to help people accomplish all of these goals that they didn't feel like they could do before communicating or reading, you know, our content. And so our mission really has been able to expand and been able to, you know, you know, kind of move in different directions as we've been able to have these conversations with people. Yeah, you've gone from one to 109,000 followers. <laughs> That's that's right. a, that's a ways, you know, that, and that's really not that long of a period of time either, for you to uh, to make up that ground. So that's really, really impressive to to see the uh, the amount that you've had that, that of growth you've had there. Um, Absolutely. 
I appreciate you being on, and I think hopefully the audience has learned a ton. There's a, a lot there about you know how you can grow and moving from from being you know in that stuck state. I think I've battled it, we've all battled it, and, and we need to continue to grow. But two questions that I, that I ask of everybody. Um, first, uh, what's your favorite quote or advice that you've received? You know, I think my my favorite advice that I I've received has really just been focused around you know being comfortable failing. You know, I think it's something that, you know, everyone struggles with. And I talked about this earlier that, you know, we all have this preconceived notion that failing is bad and that, you know, it's something that um, is shown to the world that we can't do something or can't accomplish something. But honestly, through all of those, you know, micro fails and all those bigger ones that have occurred, there have been really big lessons that I have learned through pivoting, like you said, and being able to grow, you know, both personally, professionally and thinking about being outside of the box. And I think being comfortable failing is really aligned with, you know, being innovative and, and being comfortable right. to think outside the box. And so when I think about, you know, what type of advice and perspective people have shared with me as I've grown both personally and professionally, it's really trying to think about, you know, just be comfortable starting, be comfortable right. taking that first step, be comfortable, you know, even starting small and recognizing the wins along the way that, you know, you started and then you got to step two and you got to step three. And eventually you get to, you know, much further path and you look back and you realize how far you've come and you realize that if you had chosen not to fail and you had chosen not to start, then you would have never gotten where you are today. And I think a lot of people like with this podcast are stuck in a specific place because they feel like they can't get to that next level. They can't get to that next step and recognizing that you can fail, that you can, you know, make mistakes along the way that you can pivot and you can learn, I think really fundamentally changes the way that you think about building your brand, building your personal life, building your money, building anything. Mm -hmm. And it really helps you accomplish those much bigger goals. Yes, definitely. So the next question that I that I have for you, and, and I love that quote or that advice, and I think it's it's great advice. I think it's something that we don't um, take to heart enough in society today. You know, I think I, you know, again, I, I come from the tech world, and, and we we do a lot of failing fast and failing forward. Absolutely. But even in my personal life, it's really hard to do that. It's it's easier to accept that as part of a, a project that's at work, but it's a lot harder to accept that for, hey, I want to go do this one thing, or I want to go do this other 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 thing, or make this weird jump. You know, I talk to people who uh, are looking to make career transitions, for example, and, and those transitions aren't easy, and there's a lot of effort that has to go into those things to pivot, but it's hard for people to get started as part of it. But going back to my second question, what is a book recommendation that you have that you are uh, really passionate about? You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, when you're trying to build wealth, I think, um, you know, you're going to want to start small. And I think you're going to want to think about, you know, what types of, um, you know, what types of ways that you're going to think about building your wealth. And I think when I talk about kind of the fundamental 
um, you know, way and strategy to start investing, I always recommend people read, you know, the the book that's really um, focused on building wealth small. It is a book that's written um, by John Bogle, and it's basically the foundation for common sense investing. And it's, um, you know, the, one of the ones that you can read is it's called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing, The Only Way. And so when you're looking at trying to build wealth and you're trying to think about how you are creating your wealth, I think, you know, looking to to, you know, John Bogle, the person who essentially started Vanguard funds and essentially is the founder of the index fund, who better to learn from in terms of trying to build wealth and trying to think about investing the simple and easy way. And so I would encourage people to check out that book and to, you know, explore what that means for them uh, as they're trying to build their investment portfolio and trying to keep it simple. Sounds like a great recommendation. I, I've uh, read a bunch about him and I, and I feel like it's uh, he's somebody you definitely should know about and really kind of even understand, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that that helps you really understand how to trust and, and how to think about finance as a whole, too. So how can people um, connect with you? So people are more than welcome to connect with me on any of my social media platforms. You know, you can message me, follow me, um, you know, like the content, comment on the content, ask for ask for advice and, and ask for feedback. Um, those are sort of the, the direct ways of communicating with me. You also can, you know, drop me an email at smallstepfinance at gmail.com. Uh, and then ultimately, if, if anyone is interested in trying to build their wealth more and wants to have more of a, a one-on-one communication on their own situation and wants to learn about investing, I encourage people to check out my course, which is Invest with Success course and community, which basically helps people understand the basics from budgeting and saving money all the way to learning about index fund investing and dividend fund investing and going into taxes and thinking about how they build a portfolio, thinking about you know what types of generational wealth strategies they should be thinking about, estate planning, and also thinking about you know what's what what does it hold for them for the future. And so I would encourage right. people to to reach out and to ask questions. I'm here to help support them along their way and you know want to want to help people build their wealth one step at a time small step finance on instagram and twitter and yep. uh, any other platforms that you're on from that yeah so it's uh small step finance on instagram and then it's small step finance on twitter tiktok uh and then i also have a pinterest and um you know i also have a website smallstepfinance.com uh, is another place where you can learn some more information. And I also have a, a very small YouTube channel right now as well, Small Step Finance, um, if you want to watch some videos. Well, I, I appreciate it. I think everybody learned a ton. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the uh, first episode of From Stuck to Growth. This has been From Stuck to Growth with Glenn Leifheit. Don't forget to subscribe. We're also around on Instagram at From Stuck to Growth, as well as at From Stuck to Growth.com. See you next time.